Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... (laughs) Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. And hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. I am so happy hello, that hello. you all are here with me today. There's Fred. Say hello to Fred. Hi, everybody. How are Roger you? Fred. Um, if you're a longtime listener, then you will know that Fred or I usually tell you a good story of the day that aligns with the United Nations Global Goals. But today we have my good friend Gabriella Von Ray, a ray of sunshine. She's going to do that for us. Also joining us a little bit later in the show is Dondi Dallin and Brent Marchand, who is our resident movie correspondent, is here because it's the end of the month and that's when he comes. So <laughs> how's everything going, Fred? It's it, they're going fabulous. I had my baby Monday. I'm oh, happy. I didn't sleep. Congratulations. Oh, so thank you. What did <laughs> so you I'm have? Tired. I have to admit, but I'm here. I'm sorry. What was it? A boy. A boy. Oh, Why? Well, it, was, it was both extremely wow and extreme. I've never seen something like this. So I, I, my hats off to women out there who have. Had, children in the past well congratulations what an experience what did you name him (laughs) evan evan nice evan bye nice good job well congrats again i'm so happy for you (laughs) thanks uh let's meet gabriella gabriella von ray gabriella is a speaker she's an author she's a kindness activist who believes that we as human beings have dropped the ball when it comes to kindness and she has picked it up and she's running with it and this month starting tomorrow gabriella is going on a road trip across the u.s wherever you call her she's going to be there let's talk to her about her big journey that's coming up hi gabriella Hi, Frankie and Fred, and thank you for having me on your show. And yes, it is so exciting to actually do this campaign. It's a little bit crazy, i got to honestly say. 30 days on the road in a car with my manager, Bobby, and we're stopping at all the schools. Uh, We really wanted to bring awareness about bullying and cyber torment because October is National Bullying Prevention Month. And what is so important about this is that a lot of schools cannot afford a public speaker. So we're doing this by donations only. So with other words, there is no excuse for me not to go to a school or for a school to say, no, Gabriella, we don't. We can't do it. You can do it because, like I said, if you pay nothing because you really can't or if you want to give us a gift certificate of McDonald's or a (laughs) personal hug, 
all good. It really is because you know what? It is about these children. It is about them, and I want them to be central this month. We're going to 12 states and 29 stops. Frankie, how scary. Wow. Wow. Gabriella, you are no stranger to bullying. You know, you have been tortured for many, many years. Why don't you tell the folks about your beginning and and how you got to be the kindness activist you are today? Well, I'm the kindness activist because you know what I realized while writing my first book is that someone picked up the ball of human kindness for me so long ago in Pakistan. So um, I was in a Catholic orphanage in Pakistan, which is already strange to begin with, born as as a Muslim orphan, being in a Catholic orphanage, getting the name Gabriela. I am no stranger to conformity. But then I got really lucky. And at three years old, this Dutch couple comes out of nowhere and decides to adopt me. And that's great. And you would say, okay, life goes super after that. But no, it didn't because... You know what? In Holland, nobody looked like me in 1966. So mm-hmm. people said, go home. There must be something wrong with you. They didn't really know what the word adoption meant. So I got a lot of, yeah, bullying at school. And not only at school, but in my household, too, in the family. Because it's not easy for my parents at that time to keep saying, she's adopted, she's adopted. You know, mm-hmm. no, she's really our kid. You know, they're Dutch. Tall, blonde, blue-eyed. <laughs> they don't look like me. I think they look more like you, Frankie. Uh, no, I'm not blue-eyed. <laughs> but you know what? Like they, you didn't only get bullied by children. You got bullied by your teacher too. Like I got bullied by my kind. teacher because my teacher really didn't understand who I was, and she kept thinking that this little child just kept lying to her by saying I'm Dutch, you know, and this is my cousin, and you know, it's true I didn't look like them, but. She was a little bit short-sighted with calling me a liar in front of the classroom, and I kind of stood up for myself. And I guess but your adopted family, your adopted family wasn't very kind to you. And like you told me before, that your adopted parents they had not seen you before they adopted you. And so when you showed up looking as you did, even though they knew you came from Pakistan, you know your hair had been cut, I guess for lice or whatever, and and they just. And you had a, a lazy I, eye and, and you, know, you weren't, you know, this picture of the baby that they thought they were going to get. And so they were very disappointed in you and they made you yeah. know that all the time. I, you know, I think children really feel and feel more that that they understand in words. And so I understood that I failed their expectation. And this is mm-hmm. one of the biggest messages I have out there for all children, adopted, foster care, any child, um, even if you have biological parents that you live with, it doesn't matter. At some point, you're going to feel like an outcast. And I'm here to tell you that it is more than okay not to belong to a group, whether it's at school, whether it's in your workplace or whether it is in your family, stand up for who you are and what you are, and please stop apologizing for who you are. And I teach you... owner of one's uniqueness. Yes, please, Fred, tell me. <laughs> no, you said uh, that you stood up for yourself. Uh, you know, you stood up to the teacher, and you stood, you stood up for yourself. How did you do, how did you do that? 
I mean, there are many ways you can stand up for yourself. You can stand up for yourself through violence. Or you can stand up for yourself through words. How did you do that? And how would you advise I, the kids to stand up for themselves today? I always say to kids, there is something we have. We all have this incredible thing called might. Might, the power that we have inside. And often that might comes from the adversity that we've gone through. But we all have it. So that child that feels that life is totally unfair and that they don't know how to express themselves, I always say, if you just get up quietly, get up quietly, take that deep breath, and then talk. Don't shout. Sometimes our voices, you know, just kind of jump the gun. But I always say breathe. Just breathe. Give that full second to breathe and come for that place where you know that there is nothing wrong with you. Don't react, but just mm-hmm. say and state your case and say, teacher so-and-so, I believe you are judging me. Please don't come from that angle. This is what I mean. Reiterate calmly who you are and what you are. Not defending and not reacting. Very hard to do, but when I'm in the assemblies, I show them. I show this. We do this exercise together, and it is so beautiful to see the children actually understand what might is. And you're so tiny, so might from you. (laughs) Yeah. Four foot 11. Shouldn't shouldn't bullying be like studied not not studied but you know questioned in school like through through teachers you know what i mean i just feel I, that yeah we're starting to really talk about it now but it's not i mean not right not, right now it's just crazy we have cyber bullying we have you know physical bullying i don't know do, do you think it should be you know like taught yeah taught you know how to protect well, yourself think- and Well, I believe it's not bullying that needs to be taught. It's kindness. We need to come back to a couple of things, which is etiquette. We have no etiquette. So the etiquette of how to behave online, how to behave face-to-face, is truly missing in our society. I believe every teacher, every person, you guys, everyone is born with innate kindness. But Mm -hmm. through our communications, which are truly lousy, we don't watch our delivery, I think Mm -hmm. we need to bring back that etiquette. And so it's better to teach the steps of how to do that and then kind of put bullying or cyber torment in the umbrella of the etiquette because I would like to see every child in America and in the world learn how to behave. Because if we are monkeys that mimic our parents, then we're in deep trouble. Yes. Because yes. our parents but don't. Don't, you, don't you think, Gabriella, that, that you know, the bully is, is usually the one who is filled with fear, who really himself is the one who is most insecure rather than the one that they're bullying? Of course. Yes you know? and no. And, yes. And, yes. But and it's when it's, when it's an her. adult that's doing the bullying, it's very difficult for a child to – um, express themselves because it is an adult, you know, yeah. not just a fear of talking to an adult, but just because they have the power. We're going to go to a commercial I, break in just a minute, um, but you might want to address that. And when we come back, Dondi, we're going to talk okay. to you. Um, and I think that you have some ideas about who Gabriella is within your system. I'd be interested to hear that. 
Gabriella, do you want to, how would you tell a child to speak to their teacher when they feel for me, bullied? For me, to, to tell a child how to speak to their teacher is, We're going to have to talk about that when we come back. I'm sorry. We got, oh, okay. we only got 30 okay, seconds to do that. But when we come back, we're going to speak a little bit more with Gabriella um, Van Ray, where you're going to speak to Donnie Dallin, who has uh, going to show us this amazing 2,000-year-old system, personality-wise. Uh, and Frederick's going to be here. We're so happy that you have your new baby. And a little bit later, Brent Marshall is going to come on the show. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's words you never heard. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. And the gang is still here, and you're here, too. Thank you so much for sticking around. You are Uh-oh. listening to Frankie Sense and More, and I am your host, Frankie Picasso. Coming up next, Dondi. Dondi Dallin. She is a published author. She's written two books, award-winning public speaker, internationally acclaimed dancer. She dances. She's an actress. She's a teacher. She co-wrote the book, Little Book of Energy Medicine with her mother, Dawn Eden. And she heads the teacher-teacher program at the Eden Energy Medicine Certification Program in Phoenix, where she also teaches public speaking. And for the last Oh, 13 years. She's been teaching the five elements uh, at the Omega Institute, that wonderful place in New York, and at the various Eden Energy Medicine workshops around the world since the 90s. So she's very well versed in what she writes about. And Dondi, welcome. And I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I am just thrilled. I have loved listening to this conversation. So I'm excited to dive into it. it this is such a great topic. 
So your book, let's let's talk about the five elements for a moment, and then we're going to weave them into Ga- what Gabriella has talked about too, because I know that you wanted to talk about that. So the five elements is an ancient Chinese wisdom system. Is that correct to say? Yes, that is correct. So the five elements is over 2,000 years old. It's both a health system and a personality type system. It was written into medical text by Chinese physicians over 2,000 years ago. And basically, the five elements are used as metaphors. They are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And each person falls into one or two of these personality types. Usually it's a two-type combination. And once we know what a person falls into and what other people fall into, especially under stress, because they'll default Mm -hmm. to, to one under stress, then we can start to see patterns in their life, how they act, how they react, why somebody does what they do. And immediately it starts to take the personalization out of life. So we don't say anymore, ah, why did he do that? Or why did she do that? Or something's wrong with her or something's wrong with me. It suddenly brings a global awareness that we are all here. We all have struggles. And when we do have struggles, we all have a different vibration of how we relate to those struggles. And so it brings great understanding and compassion. Oh, I love it. Now I had I went through the book. I did read their whole book and I did the test and I and I, you know, figured out hopefully what I am. Um and I realized that, you know, a lot of the questions would have changed in my twenties, in my thirties, in my forties. So my question to you is if if today I'm you know, would 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 if I'm an earth, I guess I'm I'm an earth and, and wood. Um, they're maybe three points apart. So would that have changed throughout my lifetime, or would just the combinations kind of have changed? So probably just the combinations are changing. Chinese physicians and theorists and scholars believe that we are all born with our dominant element and oftentimes our secondary element, and that doesn't change through life. However, we do go through different phases in life. So if you're a wood and an earth, which is a beautiful combination, by the way, because it's very strong, but also compassionate. The The wood sometimes will come forward in other situations. The earth will come forward. And as we get older, if we are really looking at who we are, how we navigate life, who other people are, and this really matters to us, then we notice that we start balancing all our elements. So even though you'll remain an earth and a wood your whole life, the fire starts coming in, the metal starts coming in because we have more compassion for people, hopefully as we age and we evolve. You know, it's funny because... Oh, sorry, Fred. Gabriella said to me the other day, Dondi, she said, you, I, I find you refreshing, Frankie, because you're like, you're the most direct person I know. And nobody's ever said that to me before <laughs> that I was direct. <laughs> well, direct is a flagship of a wood type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like pink. A little yes. direct. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's good. But I think I'm direct and compassionate at the same time. Yeah. And so there's not your harsh. <laughs> not harsh. She's not harsh. No, no. So speaking of our Gabriella, what, you know, you listen to her speak. 
Um, how would you how would you know like without going into the testing who somebody is? Can you tell by their body movements or uh, the way that they speak? How would you know, Donnie? Because like you're very well versed in it. Yes. So when you are versed in the five elements, you can see immediately how someone walks, how they move, how they gesture, the shape of their face. And a lot of people in the five elements will do face reading to figure out what kind of element a person is. As far as Gabriella today, I'm just listening to her. I can't see her. So I'm Mm -hmm. listening to the tones of her voice. I'm listening to the words she's choosing. I'm listening to the excitement behind what she's saying. And, you know, Gabriella is on an exciting path going across the country and talking to schools. So her fire is really coming out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people are on stage or in the limelight, they will have that burst of fire behind them, which is full of excitement and positivity and moving the world forward in a joyful, compassionate way. Fire is a beautiful thing. I also heard earth because earth Mm -hmm. is the compassion. But when she spoke about might, Gabriella, when you spoke about might, that is very wood element, the courage, the might, the ability to take a breath, be calm and come from your center with honesty. That's very wood element. And when woods are balanced, it is so beautiful. It, you're in awe of these wood people who can come from their center place, from their heart, from their authenticity, and then allow that feeling to come out of their mouth through words. That's very wood element. In loving relationships, like in relationships, are there personalities that fit better than others? You know what yes, I mean? Yes, and, yes. And I know. What, what are the personalities that usually do not fit? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so in, in my book, The Five Elements, I write about this, and the ones that don't fit, I'm calling them the button pushers, and the ones <laughs> that do fit. They're on a flow cycle together. They flow together. And it's funny with the button pushers. I'll tell you, you know, you've probably had this experience in your life where you will be around someone, maybe in a room with someone. They didn't have to talk. They didn't have to do anything, but they're just irritating you. Yes. You. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we usually yeah. we usually feel bad for that because we don't want to be judgmental and we're yeah. trying to get over it in our head. But they just annoy us. Well, in the five elements, there is a reason for this. It is an elemental vibration called the control cycle or what I'm calling the button pushers. And... So I'll take wood, for instance. Woods are, quote, controlled by metals. Now, when I say this, it is a, it is a subconscious thing. I'm talking about energy that two people can feel. And again, the wood doesn't have to say anything. I'm a wood, and my sister says, boy, you walked into that room, and all the metals hated your guts. <laughs> and you didn't even say anything to them. And I'll say, I know, I know, it's my wood energy. It just puts them off. So in the five elements, we learn to balance that. We learn that if you are a wood, you know, you can you can relate to metals in a way where they won't feel put off by you and their buttons won't be pushed. But you know, Dondi, when I was doing the the exercise, and you won't be surprised by this, when I was reading the metal people, I didn't like them. 
I instantly didn't like them, but, and I like everybody. So. But Don, Don, you know, for me, like I remember, like years ago, you know, I could tell when I didn't. It was going to be awkward with someone. Like I didn't even need to speak to that person, right? And now, being a little more mature, it's like, okay, I think you can handle it better. Mm-hmm. Like I can handle it better. I can kind of, but it's still hard. Like. I can, can sense those people. They're not going to be your best friend, but you can communicate with them. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's an elemental disconnect, but you can override it because you've evolved as a human being and you can now, like Gabriella said, or I think maybe Frankie said this, how, how you present things to yeah. people. You're going to speak a little differently to a metal than you would to an earth mm-hmm. than you would to a water. And when you learn this, it makes all relationships better. Oh my gosh, especially in work because yeah. you learn how to speak to each employee differently in a way that will resonate with them and that will comfort them but but sometimes sometimes i ask myself do they feel the same way <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> no. do they feel the awkwardness yeah. too yes well if they're on your control cycle you betcha i'm they are they're feeling that way and there are, and like you you asked there are elements that also flow together so when you've been in a situation And somebody is near you and they haven't even spoken to you yet. And you're thinking, wow, I like that person. Mm -hmm. I feel good about about that person. It has nothing to do with what they look like. It has nothing to do with what they've said. But you feel good around them. That is the flow cycle. Two elements flowing together. And it's an elemental vibration that is more in the energy than what we can see. And I know it's hard for people in the West to really understand energy, but this is alive in the East where it's from in China. This is how people relate to each other every day when they're, when they work in the five elements or study the five elements. And within the elements, like you have a yin and yang in there. So there's some who are a little bit more one way than another way, even within the elements, correct? Absolutely correct. So what Gabriella and Fred were saying about you, Frankie, is that You're a wood, you're direct, and it sounds like you say things as it is, but they were saying you're also soft. Well, you're probably a yin wood. Yin people are soft. Yin people know how to buffer their words. They know how to be gentle, even when they're being direct. And then you have your other element of earth, which is going to bring in compassion. So it's a brilliant combination. Like I said, it's It's very powerful and strong, but also gentle and compassionate. What what could be better? It's fantastic. We're going to go to a, a commercial break in, in just about a minute. When we come back, we're all going to be able to speak. And Gabriella, I know that you can't wait to ask some questions. <laughs> and you also you also mentioned in the book, Johnny, about um, how children how how they're a little bit different within um, each of these personality types. And so maybe we can talk to uh, Gabriella about that as she goes to speak to children, and maybe she can think about that. Wonderful. While she's doing that. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm. And uh, Fred, uh, we'll find out what Fred is. Do you think you have a, do you have a clue? Do you think? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. okay, You have to talk a little bit more maybe. (laughs) And he just had his baby. So he's in a whole different phase. Yeah, he is. is. Okay, folks, when we come back, don't go anywhere because we are coming back with these fabulous, fantastic guests. We've got Gabriella Von Ray. We have Dondi Dallin, Frederick by my co-host is here. And of course, I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. It's Frankie Sense and More. And you want more, so stick around. Frankie Sense and More will be right back after we pay the bills. 
afoot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's simple. It is calories in versus calories out. If you want to lose weight, you need to take in less calories than you're burning through exercise. Being aware of how many calories you are consuming is vital. Not all foods are prepared equally. Eat this, not that. Reports that a Chinese chicken salad from California Pizza Kitchen has 617 calories, while Applebee's Oriental Grilled Chicken Salad has 1,290 calories. That's over a 700-calorie difference in very similar salads. On-the-border guacamole with chips has 660 calories, while Chili's Hot Spinach and Artichoke Dip has over 1,600 calories. Who would have thought that you can save over 1,100 calories by choosing the chips and guacamole? Be aware of the calories, make good choices, and enjoy your eating. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. And we're back. I told you we were coming back. <laughs> okay, so Dondi, we were speaking to Dondi and, and Gabrielle. I want to bring you into the conversation now because I'm sure you've got something you want to ask, Dondi. Well, I I would love to know um, how knowing about the elements could help me talk to the children better or to aid them better. Oh, great question. Yes, it helps so much. So when you know that um, let me take, for example, a fire child. It's pretty easy to tell a fire child because they move around a lot. They're very fidgety. They're usually doing a lot with their arms and their legs. They're either touching other kids or adults or hugging people, or they're running around like crazy. There's a lot of energy in their bodies. And so when you know this, and when you know that it's very difficult for a, ch- a fire child to sit still for too long, like more than about 20 minutes. They're, they aren't going to be listening to you anymore. They're going to be dealing with this energy that builds up in their body, and they're going to be wanting to move. So maybe, and, uh, and by the way, a lot of kids around uh, five, six, seven go through a fire stage. So I don't know the the ages that you're speaking to, but if you're speaking to kids and you enter an auditorium or a school and and these kids are just kind of flying in their seats, you you can immediately 
probably think that, okay, th there's a lot of fire energy here. So I'm not going to talk for too long before we get up and do an exercise. You can do an exercise with them. You can stretch with them. You can say, let's jump around for, let's count to 10 and jump around. And everybody jumps around to get that energy out of their body. And then they can sit back down and hear you again. Their ears will be open. But if you know kids are water types and waters are much more quiet, they're almost the opposite of a fire. They're going to be your kids who are usually sitting alone. The ones, especially when you're talking about bullying, that you're going to really want to reach because water kids are often the ones who get bullied. They, 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 it's difficult for them to find that might out of all the, the elements to find the might that you were talking about and the courage. And they, they usually retreat deeply within themselves. So you need to find a way to pull them out of being so deep into themselves that what you're saying, again, they can't hear or reality becomes warped. And you can do that by speaking softly to them, meeting them where they're at and, and reflecting what they're saying and trying to get them to talk a little bit, not forcing them, but a lot of times water kids can't find their words. And so they're going to be more silent. So once Gabriella, once you know about all the elements, you'll be able to walk into these schools and immediately know what kind of group you're dealing with. And you'll, you'll, you'll deal with them in different ways, as I'm sure you already do, because, you know, that's where compassion comes from. You know, people are individuals and you need to see them and react to them as individuals. Are there, mm -hmm. are there types of careers that, uh, I'm sorry, Gabrielle, I cut you off. You want to go? No, no, go ahead. Seth. Okay, go okay. Ahead. Are there any types of are, are there any types of careers that fit each personality? Absolutely. Know? Yes, yes. So, um, take for instance the wood type. This is your type that is always going forward. They're on a mission to get things done. They like to fix things in life. So anything that's wrong, they're going to figure out quickly a way to fix it. And then they're moving on. <laughs> and yes. these people, you're saying, yes, that's me. <laughs> these people are very good in businesses and organizations because, and especially leadership in organizations and management, because they can come into a company, they can see what needs to be fixed? And also the eyes are governed by the wood elements. So they're very visual people. Mm -hmm. They see what needs to be fixed. They know how to fix it. They fix it. And then they're on to the next project and everything moves forward quickly and in a very powerful way. So of course, big corporations, woods kind of thrive in and they do really well in. Of course, your earth type, who is your your type who would do better in social work or counseling. They're the peacemakers. They like quiet. They they don't like big decisions. If, if an earth has to make a big decision, you better supply cookies because they need yeah. a <laughs> to get through it. I always say <laughs> if you're in a company and you're, you have a lot of earths, have cookies and sweets at every single board meeting or every single meeting. They need the sugar holics. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. What about the waters? Waters are, are what? Usually poets and writers and oh, 
my gosh. If, if you go through the art, the famous artists, the famous musicians, everyone from Kurt Cobain to uh, Stevie Nicks, these are all water types, especially now, not so much the musicians of today. There's a lot of fire in these young musicians like Katy Perry, but mm -hmm. the, the waters, the 1960s, mm -hmm. especially because waters look for meaning in words. The Dylans. Yes, the Dylans, they're going, their, their song lyrics are going mm -hmm. to be poetic and profound and timeless songs. Yes, Joni Mitchell, absolutely. Yeah. These are the waters. They, they're constantly, you know, life is not really uh, the same for them, not the same for them at all, unless it's meaningful. And that meaning comes in everything they do, including their friendships and their conversations with people. So you're going to get very deep conversations from a water element. Gabriella, do you, I, I, you know, I, I, I find you be fire all the time. Like, I just, I think you're always, always, you know, you're like a whirling dervish to me, the way you speak and, right. and you know, going out into the world. Like, do you feel like that? I, I, I feel actually the three elements. For me, um, um, earth, fire, and wood. I would yep, that's, that's what I said. That's what I felt yeah. from you. I agree. I'm a meditator. And when I get up in the morning, I do most of my writing or I write my articles for the blog or for the Huffington or whoever wants an article mm -hmm. on something. Uh, so that's, that's the, the, the quiet, you know, place that I go to. But, yeah, I think, I think the combination, the fire is always there. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. say it's always there, but I combine the fire with, making a whole audience go really quiet. Bobby, see, because otherwise Bobby wouldn't cry at the end. Bobby is my right. manager, by the way. I, I get a glass of champagne if I do well and she cries. Otherwise, <laughs> I get, uh, get pushed yeah. in the car or in a plane and, and she says, okay, better next time. <laughs> so how, how, how do you keep your energy up? You know, how do you sustain? Okay, you write, you meditate. Is that part of it? I mean, okay, you're passionate about what you do, obviously, but, you know, I, is there something? I, Go ahead. I feel, I feel it's a calling, what I do, yeah. and I think mm -hmm. the secret to my passion is because everything that I was sad about, everything that I cried for as a little girl in bed is today my biggest strength. And I think yeah. to not have a country, to not have a culture, to not have these invisible constraints that hold me back is why I see so clearly how I can bring another, another dimension to these children, another, you know, not just a passion, but really by just a mere talk or a mere touch with them mm -hmm. and say, hey, I know where you're coming from. I get it. I really, really get it. Now, look what, at what, me. Listen. And then when I, I look through their eyes, that's it. That's, I, I know they mm. got it, and that's my passion. You know? What's your take, yeah. what's your take on the judgments on the judgments we have on like, you know, today? You know, because you're, you're from Pakistan, so, you know, from, on Muslims and all, you know, this community right now, they're quote-unquote being bullied right now in many ways. Many innocent people are being bullied too, you know? 
so am I. When people see me and they say I'm Dutch, they say, no, you're not. You're, you're a darn foreigner in our country. And I go, yes, okay. I am that too. But, you know, this, this is my answer. My answer is so simplistic but so difficult. Nobody strikes another human being coming from a positive place. That's my favorite quote. It's my own quote. Mm -hmm. Nobody strikes another coming from a positive place. If we understand that, then watching your delivery is the most easy lesson to learn. We are taught to be reactive human beings. The children are already taught that because we're mm -hmm. doing it. We can only teach what we know. So I need to have every adult to move back and say, don't teach that to your children. We do not need to be on the defenses 24-7. We understand that when someone says to me, you're a darn foreigner, Gabriela, get the heck out of my country, I always say, hey, this is, this is actually, I'm really glad you say this, because you made a split-second judgment about me and about me being a brown skin color woman, and you made the split-second judgment that I'm bad. So let's talk about it. Let's open the dialogue. Great. Let's mm -hmm. start. But I can only do that if I'm in a positive place. If I have a bad day and I barely slept, I cannot react like that, Fred. Then I am human like everyone else, and I say, hey, buzz off, or I say something worse. That was the friendly side of buzz off. <laughs> <laughs> right, Frankie? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, instead of, like, first of all, why do people have to make judgments anyway about you? Uh, you know, who cares what country you're from? And why do you have to go home? And where do they want you to go to? You know, they don't even know. <laughs> so that's really what we need to teach. We need to teach that. We need to teach that, you know, labels aren't necessary. I mean, I taught my children that you never, you never fight and call somebody a name because you can't take the names back. And they're always going to stay there like they stayed in you, Gabriella. You know, they're always there for you. Um, whether you can handle them today or not, they still hurt. There's still a, a you know a part of you that hurts from those name callings. So, and that's just you know the same with the bullies that you're going out to talk about with the children today. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. We need to learn to respond rather than react, and that's something that I learned. You know, uh, maybe even just as 10, 10, 15 years ago, I had to learn how to respond instead of react, be reactive to stuff that people taught, you know, said to me. So um, that's a skill. And that's a skill that we can all learn, that we can all learn. But We're going to go to a commercial break. I'm sorry. Just you can hold your thought, though. Going to go to a commercial okay. break. When we come back, we'll let Gabriella okay. finish her talk. And then all of us, we're going to go to the movies. Brent Marchand is here. Um, if you have seen Sully or Snowden or the Queen of Tate, Tatwe, uh, we're going to talk about those movies and feel free to jump in. And we're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. And do I have Matt or Karina with us right now? Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, people. We'll be right back. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. night my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women according to the article men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men i'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating which means right now there are 28 things that i'm putting off until later 
What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's Marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Spring and summer are great times to go green. Choosing to eat green vegetables and fruit on a daily basis is a fantastic idea. Whether it's asparagus, lettuce, spinach, or artichokes, green produce is a wonderful choice full of essential nutrients. Green beans, broccoli, edamame, and avocados are delicious and very nutritious. Cucumbers, peas, and peppers contain lutein, which helps protect against cataracts and macular degeneration. Green fruits like grapes and kiwi not only taste delicious, they're full of antioxidants. Leafy greens are also excellent sources of folate, a B vitamin that helps reduce the risk of birth defects and helps keep our hearts healthy. So next time you're grocery shopping, choose fresh green vegetables and fruit and go green. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We're about to go to the movies with Brent Marchand, but before we do that, I cut Gabriella off from her question. So let's see, what was it? Well, you were you were saying something that I really liked. You were saying about that we, you know, the reaction. And mm-hmm. I, when I'm at schools and at corporates, when I speak, I always teach that the reaction comes from fear. Fear is the one thing that transcends everything, gender, uh, culture, anything, everything, really, religion, mm-hmm. everything. And, and, and we know that emotion, that horrible, fearful emotion so when we make a split-second judgment like like Fred was asking me, fear is why we are so reactive, and we are taught to then defend mm-hmm. where we're standing instead of realizing that it was fear. We then go right. validate. I think what I see around me and what I teach the most is then we go find buddies that validate what we are saying, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to find right. buddy that says, right. oh, no, no, no look like a pocky, get the heck out because I'm so afraid of you, right? Yeah, but, so you're going to no. get your gang to gang up. Yeah. Yeah, so to I defend your position. That validation is really important for the person that reacts out of a fearful place. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's because what because I there's bullying, in, you know, there's bullying not not just at school, you know, it's bullying yeah. in business and Brent, we're going to go on to the movies too, though. Okay, we, gotta, okay. we got Brent here. Yeah, <laughs> He's, he only goes at the yeah. end of the month. Let's go to the movies and then we'll come back when we have time. Okay. So Brent, welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome, you went Brent. to the, you went to the movies this month and you saw Sully. I loved Sully. It was like, I think Tom Hanks did a great job. Sully was terrific. It's a, it's a wonderful picture of heroism celebrating the achievements of uh, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, who successfully landed his plane on the Hudson River when his, uh, the engines on his plane were, were both knocked out by a bird strike. Um, yeah. It was really the recreation of the incident is, is phenomenal, and, and watching his thought process and reaction when he's having seconds literally to decide the fate of his plane full of passengers is really incredible. Uh, it was
was an incident that became known as the Miracle on the Hudson. Everybody survived. They got off the plane in 24 minutes. But the, <clears throat> the, the thing that was really lesser known is that even though he was hailed as a hero in public during the investigation phase, he came under scrutiny from investigators saying, well, you know, our simulation showed you could have made it back to the airport. Why did you do what you did? So he had to face I a second know. challenge. <laughs> and I got really, so upset by that. Yeah, I mean, his, I got so uh, his, upset by that. The and level of heroism that he had to exhibit, not only once but twice, going through this whole process was really pretty. Uh, really required a lot of fortitude on his part. It now, did. as I understand it, the the contentiousness of the investigation in the movie is a, a little bit played up for dramatic effect compared to what really happened. Okay. But still, he was being second guessed, saying, "Well, you know, you could have done it differently." And he said, "Well, he you weren't say, there. Yeah, you just saved <laughs> all the souls on the plane." Yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. Crazy. So what kind of a personality, Donnie, would, would a person need that doesn't get upset by being, you know, challenged by something like that? Like you, you successfully save, you know, 280 people or however many it was. And then the, you know, the, the airplane folks come to you and they go, oh, well, you know, you could have made it back to an airport. We don't like what you did. And he knows that he couldn't have because nobody's ever done this before. But he never got upset. Not once did he even, you know, show that emotion. Now, I would think, is that a metal? Well, it, it could be a mix of metal and wood. Woods are very, uh, they're very solid in their beliefs of what's right. They're usually very, very practiced in what they do or well-researched in what they do. Uh, even though he had never been through anything like that, he had probably thought, as many pilots do, of every scenario that could happen. Mm -hmm. So by the time that moment came, he pulled on his wood element for courage, probably his metal to remain calm. And the combination of that allowed him to do what he did. It's absolutely so phenomenal. It is. And it was really amazing because one of the things that he kept saying in the wake of it, too, was I was just doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a lifetime of, of being a pilot. You know, I yes. mean, that's the way I think they forget is that lifetime of instinct. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So uh, Snowden. Snowden. Well, this is a very controversial film in a lot of ways because people have very polarizing views of this character in the first place. Uh, Ed mm -hmm. Snowden, who was the U.S. government intelligence contractor who ended up blowing the whistle on some of the secret plans the U.S. government was carrying out to, sp to spy on U.S. citizens, um, the recreation of the events associated with that story are portrayed in this film uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the lead role, who does an absolutely phenomenal job of, of capturing Stone's mannerisms and vocal inflections and so forth. Um, what I find most impressive about this movie is that it goes beyond just saying what happened. It goes to uh, a really this amount of detail to explain why it happened, uh, understanding the motivations, understanding the implications of his actions and so forth, which hasn't necessarily come out in a lot of other vehicles before this point. So that's one of the things that the movie does a really terrific job is it gives you an idea of the backstory behind what happened. Um, I, I really encourage viewers to go into this movie with an open mind, um, including those who might not have agreed with what Snowden did, because I think they may very well come out of it with a changed perspective to understand that uh, he really was acting as a hero and not as a traitor. I agree. I totally agree. But you know what? I, I don't. Nobody wants Big Brother. Nobody wants to be spied on. I mean, it's horrific, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, 
I love, love, love the Queen of Tatway. It's a wonderful, heartwarming movie. Uh, it just opened uh, in limited release last weekend. It's going to be going into wide release this weekend. It's a movie from Disney, and it, it tells the uh, inspiring story of a young woman from the slums of Katwe, Uganda, who rose to become a national chess champion. Um, it's inspiring. It's emotional. Um, and it really just... Um, a, a wonderful, good story, especially for like impressionable young minds, for people who are looking for uh, some inspiration to help them, you know, live out their own dreams, follow, follow their own goals, and so forth. I think uh, what was really neat about this movie was that the young star, she was from the slum, the neighborhood over. Yeah, yeah, that's she's really, a that's she's, really cool. she's a. Uh, uh, Medina Nalwanga, she's a, a, a newcomer to, to, to acting, and she does a terrific job. And she and she's really was very fortunate to have a terrific cast of um, mm -hmm. supporting players helping her out too, with uh, Lupita Nyong'o as her mother, and uh, David awesome. Oyelowo as her uh, chess um, mentor. Um, yeah. This movie's uh, it, it started to get some award season buzz. Um, I'm not sure how much it's going to pick up, but. Don't be surprised if maybe you see some acting nominations coming out of this one. Have okay. anybody seen those movies, any of you, or, or the trailers for them? No, I have uh, a seven-year-old, so I don't go to movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw Sully. Did you see it? Yeah, Did I you saw like Sully. It? I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a great movie. What I love about Queen of Tatway is, is that it really shows that it doesn't matter where you come from, you can become famous if it's, if it's you know, your destiny, really. You know? I love that. And, you and, it, and it's amazing, too, because it, this is someone who really has everything stacked against her. I mean, oh, yeah. she's, she's illiterate. She comes from a, a family with a, a single mother as, as the head of the household. Uh, they're financially destitute. Their living conditions are, you know, quite Slum. quite difficult. Um, yeah. And yet, she still manages to rise above all that and become you know a master of her destiny. Do you know where she is now? Um, she still lives in Uganda. Um, mm -hmm. She's um, helping to encourage uh, younger um, chess players. So she's giving okay. back. From uh, from what she got herself, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Which is well, a pretty like really it's an impressive accomplishment in itself too. So, <clears throat> you want to talk about what? I'm sorry. The Beatles. Oh, the, the Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> but that's this is a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting how um, you know their influence is still around after 50 years. Um, oh yeah. If you're looking for a movie that really does a great job of explaining um, what a rock band does to help define the meaning of a generation, this film does a great job of that. Um, it's it's fun. It's uplifting. It features current interviews from people who were fans growing up, like Whoopi Goldberg and Sigourney Weaver and Elvis Costello, talking about their impressions of of what it was like to grow up with this band that was just came out of nowhere seemingly and ended up taking the, the music world and the cultural world by storm. Um, director Howard has done a terrific job here. It's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's uh, upbeat. It's enjoyable. 
gives you now, a backstory. Fred, Fred, Fred only knows Michael Jackson, but you know the Beatles, Fred. <laughs> well, I know the Beatles. I don't. I, you know, I have to be honest. I don't listen to the Beatles. I like John Lennon, though. I really yeah. love John Lennon. Okay. And uh, yeah. So it's not no, the movie's not like playing him. terribly widely, but it is available for streaming. So if it's not playing in your market, I would recommend yeah. going to Hulu.com and you can see it on there. I mean, the Beatles. I remember. I was eight years old. It was the monkeys and the Beatles, and you wore your white go-go boots, and you know, <laughs> you, you just watched Dick Clark and and you danced to the Beatles. I mean, it was they were phenomenal. There wasn't anybody that didn't know their music or could sing their songs or anything. Like it, it, to think that you know that they're still like John is still going and Ringo's still going or Paul's still going strong and uh, playing. It, it's yeah. it's pretty incredible that I, musicians. I, I, I always on. wonder who was who was bigger between Elvis and the Beatles. I always nobody can give me an answer. I mean, who you know, who was who was who bigger? Was bigger. Uh, it's a different generation for me. Different generation, really. Yeah, it was a different generation for me, even because Elvis. I think was it was a case where Elvis was. got the ball rolling, but then the yes. Beatles took over and transformed it. Okay. So they really sort of played different roles in terms of how they shaped the way uh, rock music evolved. Because really, really, I think the question is, uh, who's bigger, the Beatles or the Stones? But we've got a minute left. So let's, um, our guest, Gabriella, can you quickly give us your website, please? It's Gabriella.global, and the initiative is called the Dare to Be Kind campaign. It's hashtag Dare to Be Kind. Thank you. Dondi. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Everybody can take the quiz and find out their element at learnthefiveelements.com. Learnthefiveelements.com. And the book is The Five Elements, and it's out. And I hope everyone loves it. It will sweeten your life in I ways you it. least expect. I loved it. Brent, again, awesome. thank you so much for showing up. Dondi, Gabriella. So thank great you. to have you two here with us today. Thank and Fred, you. of course, thank, thank you so you. much for being my co-host. Awesome. Yes. And everybody out there, we will see you again next week for another Frankie Simpson more. Can't wait to see you. We're going to go on the road next week again with Moments of Happiness, I think it's called. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. Shit, you? <laughs>